It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Future Reds are bowling out in the Arizona Fall League. We look at what the future holds for the Cincinnati Reds on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, and he's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game, our love of Cincinnati Reds baseball, and we have turned that into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to check in on the players uh, that the Reds have sent out to the Arizona Fall League, and then Jeff is going to sit down with Lindsey Crosby, the host of Locked on MLB Prospects, to discuss what players from within the Reds system might be ready to make their major league debut in 2024. Before we get into that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Jeff, let's check in and talk for just a minute about what is going on out in the Arizona Fall League right now. The Reds have five pitchers and three position players uh, battling it out for the surprise Segueros. Did I say that right? Yes, Listen, and first right. off, just just a disclaimer because you guys all that are everydayers know that Stevo here struggles with names the first three, four, five times through, and this Arizona Luke Fall Mayley. League roster is yeah, <laughs> Luke Miley if you read it Luke Maley if you hear it it's a Hawaii thing at any rate there's enough names on this roster that are going to give me struggles and I feel like Nick Crawl did this to me on purpose when he picked the amount of guys and, and who he was sitting out there so I will screw him up today that's just what is going to happen uh, let's start with a guy we know Jeff uh, the Red sent Carson Spires out there to pitch in the Arizona Fall League after having him start some big league games for the Cincinnati Reds in 2023 yeah, and he's pitched a couple of innings there. You know, he's got a four and a half ERA. I think he's just out there to get some work in to really, you know, try to work out the pitches because as we saw, there, there's a couple of things. There might be something he can work with. Maybe he could be a long relief type pitcher for this team. But as far as like competing for like a starting spot or something like that, he's not going to win it here in Arizona. So don't get too caught up on the stats. He does have a two and one record with a four and a half ERA. Like I mentioned, it's it's interesting when you look at the pitchers that are out there, Steve, because the, these guys are, are not a lot of them are really well known. Andrew Moore might be the most well known outside of Carson Spires because he was in that trade with Seattle. The, he came over uh, with uh, Edwin Arroyo or no, I'm sorry. He was he was a part of the deal um, that came over with uh, Connor Phillips and Brandon Williamson, Jake Fraley, and Andrew Moore. He was part of the Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker deal. Uh, he's got a four and a half ERA as well. The, the ERAs and things like that, these guys are getting a little bit of work, so don't want to focus too much on that. The guy that I want to focus on, though, is a name that not many people will know because I had to look him up a little bit, and thanks to our, our pal Doug Gray over at redsminorleagues.com. It helped out. Javian Sandridge. 
Javian Sandridge actually has a very interesting stat line when you look at his strikeouts to walks. He has 11 strikeouts, just two walks in his workout in Arizona. That's the kind of statistics that I like to hold on to. But we talk about that a lot with spring training, and Arizona Fall League is the same way. You know, uh, Sandridge is an interesting character in just that, you know, it's these guys that, that we don't know a lot about, but that are clearly out there to work on things. He's, he struggled with control, uh, he, you know, throughout his minor league career. You know, he pitched in 2022 with Dayton. Uh, it was really great in the first half in 22 before kind of falling apart in the second half. Uh, control was an issue there. He walked 47 batters. The, the thing with guys like Spires, I think, is to get more work. Sandra is to get more work and continue to work on these things. Uh, the other name that we mentioned in more, you know, he missed the first half of the, the minor league season with an injury. So this is, I think, really to complete his work and, and round out uh, his progression to get him ready to head into 2024. Yeah. And I, that's really something too. When you look at Andrew Moore, could he be a dude and really these hitters too, because let's expand this. We, we talk about the pitchers in Arizona. There's a couple of interesting hitters and depending on how closely you pay attention to uh, a good old Dayton Dragons baseball, you're going to remember a few of these names. There's uh, the catcher, Michael Troutwine, that's out there for the surprise Sogueros. You've got uh, Jacob Herdebees, who's an outfielder, and more or less, I decided to say those names to save you, Steve. But no, they, they've actually had some nice performances, too. No, they have, and 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 Herdebees was was doing very well uh, when he moved up between his double-A and triple-A time uh in 2023, his slash line was 327, 478, 485. So um, that's not uh, that's not a bad player. That's somebody that we want to get a better look at. Uh, as far as some of these other guys that are out there, I, I do find it interesting with uh, Troutwine. See, I got it right with Michael Troutwine. You know, he plays a position that a position that uh, we hope there is some development within the minor league system. And that's a, a he's a catcher. Yeah. He's a catcher. You know three home runs out there in Arizona right now. So he's in a very small sample size has demonstrated a little power out there. So for me, that's one that I really want to keep an eye on. I really want to watch these catchers down in the minor league system uh, as they continue to develop, because we've talked about that, you know, Tyler Stevenson right now is our number one guy. They bring Luke Maley back to be the number two catcher and work with these pitchers. But, you know, it's starting to to wonder who's the next man up. We hear that talk about Chucky Robinson a lot, but I think you and I were in agreement when we talked about this, that that's he's really a nice guy to have stashed a 4A type player that you can call up in a pinch. But at the end of the day, you're not really looking at him to be uh, anything long term on an active major league roster. So the catching situation within the Reds farm system you know there were guys that you were excited about in Daniel Vayoheen right there's another guy down there Matt Nelson who we thought may bloom into something but both of those guys have seemingly stalled a little bit so I, I like I like that uh Trout Wine is out there putting on a little bit of a power display and and drawing a little bit of attention to himself at a position group that the Reds really need to find who's next and I really like her to be he's kind of going back to him he also has nine steals on the arizona fall league fits right in with the uh base running the aggressive base running mantra of the reds i i really don't want to get too hung up on individual statistics and things like that but it is interesting these different guys that went out there that the reds kind of tabbed 
to go get some work kind of like none of them being that high on the list for reds prospects as they go carson spires actually sort of surprised me a little bit that he went out there given that he pitched in the major leagues but i think that's really more of a respect thing than anything they're like look we we want you to get some work in because we think you could be in the mix for the pitching staff but again i don't think he's winning that out in arizona no, I, and I think the other piece specifically on him is that when he started the year down in Chattanooga, he was a relief pitcher, and then they moved him into they transitioned him he into the started. starter role, and yeah. they and they may have just wanted him to get a few more starts in before twenty twenty three wrapped up, and 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 that's really the only baseball going right now. So you send him out to Arizona just to let him finish getting that work in, which I think is a good move because he demonstrated that he can be a good spare part in a pinch uh, if something goes on for the big league club. So so I like what they're doing with it. And I, and, it's, and you talk about not getting too hung up on the stats. And I, I will just say, you know, as a cautionary tale, if you remember you and I talking about how guys were performing last year in the Arizona Fall League, yep. there were some guys that really, really struggled that currently um, uh, their day, day job is playing baseball for the Cincinnati Reds at the big league level. So uh, the the stats out in Goodyear don't necessarily mean that a player is going to make it or not the following year or the following couple years. But I do think it's really good to get the development pushed along with these guys that you may consider having something extra to give, having something of value to your system, get them a little more exposure, get them playing with these guys from other teams that, that their teams also believe in them as having something extra to give and just kind of help push that development along. Yeah. I think that's really the way to wrap up the Arizona fall league kind of looking at, you know, really even the Dominican winter league, different, different opportunities that we will hear about reds prospects, getting time, playing time during the off season and things like that. The way to look at it, don't get too hung up on the stats, get hung up on things like this. Because that was Noel V. Marte just destroying a home run in the Arizona Fall League. And that is what we love to see. All right, Jeff. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up like this. There's a lot of, of talent in the Reds farm system, even though a significant amount of prospects were called up. And here in a minute, you're going to have a chat about some of those guys, yeah? Yeah, we are going to welcome in Lindsey Crosby from Lockdown MLB Prospects. We're going to talk a lot about Blake Dunn. We, we've mentioned him on the show uh, before every day, as we'll know. We mentioned him as a possible dark horse candidate to be that right-handed platoon option in the outfield. Could he be even more? Will he be the only call-up to look forward to next year? Lindsey's going to tell us about that and more coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? Pretty good, I bet. This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because who wants turkey without gravy? Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything that you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. 
then you can also earn some cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to get 100% cash back. Yes, I said 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use promo code MLB. You know, for a team that was so future-focused in 2023, the Cincinnati Reds aren't really looking at a ton of top prospects getting called up. So when we look at the future and when we look at what the Reds may have in 2024, no better place to go than our host of Lockdown MLB Prospects is Lindsey Crosby. Uh, he even got to call a game for the Chattanooga Lookouts, a couple of games for the Chattanooga Lookouts this season. And, and, and Lindsey, first, I think everyone is is really, really intrigued by one name, and that is Blake Dunn, because he was a guy that we heard a lot about at the end of the season, a, a lot about as a possible candidate uh, for the outfield next year. Uh, mm-hmm. There is definitely a need for like a right-handed platoon option, somebody who can play any of the spots, not necessarily one of the outfield spots. And it feels like Blake Dunn could be that guy. Yeah. And the thing for Blake Dunn, I think the reason you heard so much of him was this is just the first time he's had a chance to play in his career, right? So he gets drafted and misses promptly just about two full years, broken nose, couple different fluky injuries, nothing chronic, but goes out last year, 124 games between high A and double A. And just looks absolutely dominant. 312, 425, 522 is the combined slash line. Uh, 23 home runs, 40, 45 extra base hits. Yeah, 45 extra base hits. And the week that I spent doing Montgomery versus Chattanooga, the only player that stood out more to me than Junior Caminero was Blake Dunn. Uh, he led off every single game, played center field every single game, and it felt like Every single game, he was a constant nuisance for Tampa Bay's pitchers, Montgomery's pitchers, because he would inevitably either walk or get a base hit every single at-bat. He'd be a threat to steal every single pitch and would just, he like, the whole offense flowed because he got on base and was so dangerous. So, uh, it's, you've got a bit of a learning curve still. He only got 77 games in Chattanooga, and that's the extent of his upper minors experience. So, I don't think he's going to be a out of spring training option, right? Uh, but he is, you know, he's 24 years old. And so developmentally, uh, you know, maturity wise, he's very, he's, he's kind of a baseball veteran. He hasn't done everything, but he's been around the game for a long time. And he spent two full years in essence, rehabbing and not able to play. And so he really, you can tell from talking to him, he really enjoys the game. He really understands and appreciates the opportunity he has, and he's really driven and committed to being successful. And so I absolutely do see him as a guy, like you kind of mentioned, platoon bat, right-handed hitter. I do think the power's good, the speed's good, the arm is very good. Uh, If you didn't have such good defensive center field options, I think he'd profile as a good center fielder, but I could absolutely see him in right field and being a very, I won't say dominant, but a very, very good, possibly a, a regular starter in right field simply because he brings some of everything, brings some speed, brings some power, uh, good batter's eye, good defense, good arm. 
it's it's interesting because uh, we we talked a little bit about him throughout this offseason so far. Kind of mentioned him a few different times, and uh, really looking forward to seeing what he could bring to this team. I, I keep seeing different rec or, or, uh, different uh, comparisons to T.J. Friedel and, and the fact that you know Blake Dunn maybe even has a little bit more hype than T.J. Friedel, but they still weren't the guys that are like really high up on the list. Like when he gets caught up. Steve and I probably aren't doing an emergency episode, although we will be very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, he's one of those players that he's flown under the radar. I think partially because he just disappeared for two years, right? Mm-hmm. The shoulder, the, the broken nose, all those kind of issues. I think it was cumulative 50 games over two seasons that he got total between rehab, rookie ball, single A, Daytona, all of that. And so, He's not going to get a lot of the acclaim. He's not very high on the prospect list. I want to say both MLB Pipeline and Baseball America have him outside the top 20. But he's absolutely somebody that when he comes up, he has the potential, if everything works right, to to click and to dramatically help this this team. I think the difference in him and Friedel is TJ Friedel doesn't really feel like he inherently has a lot of power. All of his home runs look to be like, you know, he, he, he pulls them to right field. And he's he's making do with subpar contact where Blake Dunn, I don't have the the actual uh, stat cast numbers for AA. Those are proprietary. But from just my time calling the games and what the Tampa Bay organization would give me while I was in the, the, the press box, he's making consistent high quality contact. He's got good swing decisions. And so he feels like maybe a, uh, a leveled up version of TJ Friedel, right? Uh, and and so I think if I had to pick one or the other, I'm probably picking Dunn over Friedel, not just because of the beard, but also because of how good he is and what he could be at the major league level. His whole thing is just he hasn't had the opportunity to show the Baseball Americas, the MLB Pipelines, everybody else, how good he is. And I think if he has a year next year like he had this year, he would be higher than 22nd on the prospect rankings. Yeah, I think uh, you and I both can really appreciate a good beard. Um, if mm-hmm. you're listening on audio right now, uh, Lindsay's like the only person in the world that makes me feel insecure about my beard. <laughs> but um, when it comes to like a guy like Blake Dunn, like the, the opportunity I think is there a little bit, but it's not the same as it was this past season. And just to kind of get your take on what the Reds did this year, because I know from a Reds perspective, we came into this season hearing, Oh, the future's bright. Oh, there's so many great prospects that are coming up. We heard that a lot over the last 10, 15, 30 years, basically. And we never got this kind of turnout to kind of put it into perspective, like just watching from the outside and seeing how the Reds did that. How does that register to you when it comes to like remembering other teams and their big years of rookie performances? I mean, this is one of the most, I guess, rookie-laden, the most most youthful teams I can remember in a while. I think the big thing to me is in the span of one season, the entire infield turned over, and they were all like, it was it was just every couple of weeks. There's another prospect we're going to call up and install in the infield, and you do have some veterans there. Jonathan India is the elder statesman at 27. Joey Vada comes back, you know, is there for a while, but for the most part. The entire infield was youngsters. And the injuries worked out where, for the most part, you didn't have to move them to the outfield other than Spencer Steer and left. And I think one of the questions from the outside we had was, 
who gets moved when you bring all the prospects up, right? Does right. does Matt McClain move back to his college position of center field? You know, who who gets shifted around to the outfit? Does Ellie De La Cruz get tried out there? Who gets moved out there? And nobody did except for Spencer Steer because he can kind of play everywhere. At the same time, he's he's there. He's not giving you anything amazing defensively. But that was the big question from the outside: was okay. You've got all of these guys. Where are they all going to play? And it worked. You saw it work out where they all played in the infield. Now you're looking at how do we upgrade the outfield? Jake Fraley feel like had a you know pretty good year. TJ Friedel has shown some promise, but hasn't done enough. And then there's the question of the power. I think Blake Dunn is a is a piece. I think Reese Hines could potentially be a piece. He's behind him in a lot of different ways. But uh, the question now is just how much can you get for the outfield in the next like over the course of the next season, I think that's the weakness is upgrading that and then maybe some some work with the staff and just improving those guys for 2024. Mentioned Reese Hines, and, and one of the reasons that I kind of wanted to look at that, look at how the Reds did this past season is because obviously there's not going to be that like crazy class of rookies that the Reds have just yeah. because can't really do that two years in a row because well if you did it two years in a row that would mean you had some other issues <laughs> but with what the reds have coming up who could make the biggest difference coming up next year i want to talk about that coming up next before we talk about that though got to tell you about one of today's sponsors and that is jace medical you know with all the uncertainty that goes on in the world all the different things that are out of our control it is important to be prepared Maybe you're traveling overseas. Maybe there are events taking place around you that you don't influence whatsoever, but they are influencing you. Don't let your health be out of control. Jace Medical wants you to be in control. That's why they have the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers that customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs whenever situations arise that maybe you didn't necessarily prepare for, but you will be prepared for with the Jace case. You can also buy gift cards for family or loved ones or friends so that they can go get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the promo code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code L O C K E D O N at J A S E medical.com. Thanks for checking out today's Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Prospects crossover as we are looking at the possible future of the Reds. We talked about Blake Dunn, and he could possibly be a dude for the Reds. There's not a ton of opportunity out there. I, I think the Reds began 2023 almost as a land of opportunity for a prospect that was going to get called up to the major leagues. Next year, it's going to be about filling in the margins. And really, from a major league perspective, we want to see the Reds go out and make trades. We want to see the Reds go out and make some free agent deals, bring in some bona fide dudes. But there are still some dudes that could come up within the organization that could make an impact not named. Blake Dunn, who is kind of your first dude on the list? So the first guy on the list, it, it's going to be a little underwhelming to some folks because he's he's a reliever, but Zach Maxwell. Uh, okay. So he's in the Arizona Fall League right now, 
And a guy that, one, physically imposing. Zach Maxwell's 275 pounds. He is a big guy. He also, to go along with that, has a big fastball. One of the better fastballs in the minors. Absolutely devastating up in the zone. And so he's been working in relief in Arizona. He's looked very, very good from a performance perspective, from an intimidation perspective. Uh, he's he's allowed two earned runs in eight innings. Uh, I think it's 13 strikeouts in those eight innings. And right. so someone who is going to come in for bullpen reinforcements, we've seen in the postseason this year, even as recently as the last two game sevens, how important it is to have that, to be able to establish that fastball up in the zone and get hitters to swing and miss. And the, the elevated fastball has been so good because guys that have to carry on it up in the zone just miss bats. And his fastball looks like it's rising. That's how much carry it has up in the zone. It's, it's a really, very unique pitch. And so getting him in there is going to be, is going to be very helpful and then Chase Petty is somebody that I'm very intrigued about. I know that that trade was one of the few trades that a lot of fans have been disappointed in. A lot of the returns and the other trades have been fantastic. And people right. have kind of said, you know, we'd rather have Sonny Gray than Chase Petty. And Chase Petty is a very, very talented pitcher. I called one of his starts uh, with Chattanooga versus Montgomery. Very, very good pitcher. He's not quite ready. But the talent is there. And you have to understand that when he came over to the organization, very, very young. I mean, he, he came at age 19. And these players take some time. This is a normal development curve. But he's been very, very good. And I think that if everything clicks this offseason with a couple key changes, he could be in line to make a major league debut by the second half of next year if everything goes according to plan. He's a guy too, like, and I think the biggest reason why there's a lot of Reds fans that are just like, man, we wish we'd have that trade back is because we've seen just about everybody else from every other trade. Like yeah. he's the one, him and Edwin Arroyo are really the two guys that it's just like, okay, let's, let's get them up here. Let's get them seen. And it's so funny. The, the, the difference is there because whenever the Reds first made those trades, most of the guys were seen as, Ooh, when are we going to even see these guys? And now mm -hmm. that we've seen all of them, we're starting to rate the other guys that we aim seeing very well. Uh, Chase Petty's a guy that I'm very interested in because he was in Dayton for just a smidge. And I didn't get a chance to see him a whole bunch when you watched him mechanically. Was he a kind of a guy that has repeatable mechanics or is it more of the, the wacky stuff that you might see they need to tweak a little bit? So it's gotten much more calm and reliable since he was first acquired. That was the thing coming out of high school when he was drafted by the Twins was he was a thrower more so than a pitcher. He, the mechanics were kind of a mess, but he could hit 100 miles an hour, right? Uh, he, he, he is pitching a little bit lower velocity now, but his mechanics are a lot more uh, calm, repeatable, in line, biomechanically secure. And, and so because of that, now the secondaries play up a little bit. The slider's better. The change-up's better. It's more reliable as to the location they're going to go, the command, the control, things like that. The biggest change, or the, the, the two things you're trying to get with Chase Petty is, one, you're trying to get him to go deeper into outings. And a lot of that comes back to his mindset. The, the thing that I noticed more so than anything else when watching his start in person was he's a very emotional pitcher. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but 
the, one of the hardest things when you're transitioning into professional baseball is to learn how to harness the emotion. What is useful for me to improve my performance? And what do I need to learn to let brush off my back and move on? And the move on part is where he seemed to kind of struggle with, you know, he'd have a pitch. He thought it was a strike. It wasn't a strike. And rather than get get the ball back, you got the clock running, get ready for the next pitch, he would be dwelling on that bad call. And then the inning would snowball. And that's why his outing would end up stopping early because he'd get pulled because all of a sudden it's a four spot. And that fine line between using the emotion to fuel your performance and letting it consume you is one of the toughest things for a young pitcher to pick up. But once you can do that, once you can learn to, to harness that and kind of not dwell on the bad, but just focus and grind, that's where you can really take off and excel. And I think Chase Petty's this close. The stuff looks really good. The split change is good. The fastball is great. It's just a matter of the mindset and being able to come back if something goes wrong. He's that close to, to being ready. I remember a couple of different conversations with Bronson Arroyo talking about how cerebral pitching is, and it's not it's not all about the stuff. The stuff yeah. is nice, and that's what you see, but it's what goes on in your mind. And he had some he had some funny examples about that, and I'm kind of getting some flashbacks hearing you describe Chase Petty that way. Um, hope, hopefully that is something that he kind of works through here soon. You mentioned a few moments ago, you mentioned Reese Hines, and he is a guy that – as he's moved through the minors, uh, I've been very intrigued about because mm-hmm. there, there's not been one uh, announcer, whether it be our, our friend Tom Nichols up at Dayton, whether it be our friends in Chattanooga, anybody that has watched him play that is just like, oh, Duke could hit the Tundra. Forget about the sign at Great American Ballpark for the Tundra. He could hit the Tundra that's back yeah. behind everything. But he's had that high strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. Is that something that he could play with or maybe kind of cut down. I mean, that's been a question for like three years now. So obviously the question, the answer might be a little bit easier than I'm wondering here. Well, like, so last year, uh, it was 111 games. He ended up with 154 strikeouts. It's like a 35% strikeout rate. He's always going to be a higher strikeout rate player. That's who he is. It's a matter of, can you, can you rein it in a bit? Can you pick and choose your moments? And it felt like, a lot of his issues came up um, against righties. He felt like he was much better as far as picking up the spin and not biting on pitches down and away when he faced a lefty. So some of it's just the recognition. And then some of it is the consistency, right? Like he needs to be on the field. He missed time in multiple like multiple spurts last year with hamstring issues. He, he I think he only played 10 games in July. He only got like nine games in September. And it was both because of hamstring issues. And so when he first comes back, he looks worse and it takes him some time. His best month last month or last year was the month of June when he was when he had gotten comfortable in double A. He was finally understanding here's where that tacky baseball is going to be up in the zone when they throw me a fastball. He had he had been played almost every day for three months. He was in a groove and then he gets hurt again and he misses time. And so the power's amazing. You're right. He's the only, probably the only person who could hit the Tundra. Uh, but it's a matter of being a little bit more restrained with your swing decisions against uh, right-handed pitching 
and then just being able to be in the lineup every day to stay in that groove. He's that guy that needs to play every day, that needs to be seen at live pitching every day to perform. If you call him up and he is a is your fourth outfielder, he plays twice a week, he's never going to be successful. And that's just the kind of player he is. And because he's that kind of guy, you can't call him up and ease him into it. He has to be ready to go. I would I would put him in AAA next year if it was me. I know he only got 111 games or so in AA, but I'd put him in AAA because I want him to be facing the best pitching that he's going to be facing in the minors, and I want him to be able to play every single day so that we can call him up and say, hey, I'm ready for you to come in and play every day in right field with that massive arm you have. Uh, it's it, it's absolutely a weapon, but it's just you've, you've got to work on the swing decisions against righties. That's going to be the big thing. Can you not swing on the slider down in the way? And uh, can you be restrained chasing fastballs up in the zone? But it's definitely something that we're going to be watching as spring training, you know, gets closer. I mean, the offseason really technically hasn't even started yet, but yeah. we're, we're already looking forward to pitchers and catchers reporting and the Reds being out in Goodyear, Arizona, working toward next year. Lindsay, appreciate you joining us so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.